Hi, and welcome to episode 131 of No Crying in Baseball, the All About the Monkeys episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth, who's laughing at me. Hi, Potty Mouth. Yep, you can see that via Skype. Hey there. Getting used to this, but it's nice to see your shining face. And it was good to see you last night. We had fun last night on Virtually Fun. Oh my God, that was so much fun. There was a big uh, happy hour with a bunch of other baseball podcasters. And it was kind of crazy. And I think there are a lot of people who would do a Shotsky with me if they were in town. So I put the invitation out there. You guys know who you are. Let me know when you're in town. And we will we will convince you too, right, Patty, to join us? I still owe you one from the World Series. Right. So I'm in. Right. I'm in for, for one. And then I'll just uh, take pictures of all the other ones. And hopefully <laughs> folks will come visit because I think we have a bunch of new best friends now. And I had fun with that too. Cool. On today's show... MLB provides 10,000 volunteers for a coronavirus antibody study. Dr. Fauci is pro-bubble. Big Sexy celebrates an anniversary. The young people have this video game thing. There's actual baseball in Taiwan. Go monkeys. And the ripple effect of reduced draft and shortened seasons. I was going to jump right away to, oh, I did my homework from last episode. So everybody who's listening, if you haven't heard last week... Just, just give it a little bit of a listen so you can understand that I'm an honest person and have done my homework. But first, I went down a little bit of a baseball rabbit hole. Have you have you done this lately? Like you just start reading one thing and it leads to another and it leads to another. And then you're still in your pajamas and you have your coffee. and Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Almost every day. Yeah, it's that's nice that we kind of have the the leisure to do that now, but it's totally endless. And and my first one was yesterday when I saw the the highlight about it being the eighth anniversary of Big Sexy's thirty eight strikes, thirty eight consecutive thrown strikes. And I thought, holy shit, how could I have not known this amazing stat about Bartolo Colon? Because we've been following him for a while. I remember his his home run as a forty something year old, and then that time when he was going head-to-head with Verlander for no-hitter and made it into, like, the eighth and just his chill attitude. So to think that this guy could throw 38 strikes in a row is is totally mind-boggling. It, so it happened eight years ago in uh, April 18th, 2012, and he was pitching for the A's, which is definitely notable because he has been on so many teams, and I would not have guessed the correct team. So he was pitching for the A's against the Angels, and he threw strikes until the eighth pitch of the eighth inning from the beginning of the game. Isn't that like, you know, jaw dropping? So does that mean that all of those innings were immaculate innings? No, actually, it doesn't. They counted. They weren't strikeouts. They, yeah, they, they were the not strikeouts. So they did, but there were only two hits in that time, which I think is pretty amazing. And four of them were strikes by swings that would have been a call to ball if they hadn't swung. Um, and there were, you know, interesting reasons for that. There's one article that we'll link that has the little batter's box and shows little dots for all of the strikes where they landed. And there's really only four that are outside of that box. Uh, but even within that framework, so to speak, there were 31 consecutive pitches in the box. 31 Damn. consecutive, which is crazy. So Fangraph, of course, uh, went at it. And using his regular strike percentage, what you would expect from him, the odds of him doing this were 1 in 4.1 million. 
Holy which crap. Is, which is amazing. You know, you think of like amazing things that you see in baseball, like a triple play, right? Or inside the park home run. Like what's the rarest thing you could think of? And well, 38 strikes in a row, I think it's, it's got to be way up there with the strange 1 million shit that's happened. For sure. Yeah. And, and then the weirdest thing, this is the beginning of my rabbit hole, that I found out is he broke the record from and you would never guess who like people would come up with stuff like i don't know randy johnson or something like that but it was tim wakefield the knuckleballer for the red sox who's had such spectacular (laughs) well he's had spectacular successes and failures like the knuckleball is just a thing of beauty and art and very volatile and he threw 30 strikes 30 knuckleball strikes in 1998 and then it took me like three hours before I gave up finding what that game was. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I want to put this challenge out to everybody. What was that game that Tim Wakefield played in 1998? I saw one comment somewhere that said it was against Cleveland. And then I went back to look at all the Cleveland games in 98 and I couldn't figure it out. So I don't know. My money is on two strike noise to figure this one out for us. Oh, please, please. Yeah, we need, we definitely need some help with this one. So that was my rabbit hole of the day or of the week. (laughs) It was fun though. I love Big Sexy. (laughs) I'm so excited that we got to start with something fun instead of a pandemic. But look at us, we're going right back into the pandemic. Ah. But this is actually cool news about MLB. Major League Baseball has volunteer, has basically made available 10,000 volunteers from 27 of 30 of the teams. These are players through front office, through stadium staff, concession people, ushers, like all levels of baseball, to a study being run by Stanford University, University of Southern California, and the Sports Medicine Research and Testing Laboratory. You might know them as the ones who actually do the drug testing for the league, which is one of the ways they got tied into this. And what they're doing is they are testing for antibodies from the coronavirus, from COVID-19, not to see if you currently are infected, but if you were, if you maybe were infected before, if you had the virus and are recovering from or have recovered from it. So here's how this works. It's, they well, first, they reached out to other leagues too. Right. So it wasn't like, oh, baseball's going to do this for us. They reached out to all the sports leagues and MLB was really quick on getting back to them. And the great thing about using a sports league is they do have all kinds of reach. They have countrywide reach. They have economic status, racial um, ranges, all kind, like every demographic. They have a wide range of people, economic status, because we are going from the people in the concession stand mm-hmm. to players. Right. What they're doing is they're they're mailing out these test kits. These are not the diagnostic test kits. They say this three ways from Sunday. This is not the test that's in short supply. They're not squandering tests that should be used on the front lines of the pandemic. These are tests, again, that show if you have already had the infection. And what they do is you do a pinprick. And you you know drop you know drop a blood on this testing stick, and the stick is very much like a pregnancy a pregnancy test, like those at home tests, which mm-hmm. show like in ten minutes will show you one way or the other. And you take a picture of this testing stick, and you send that back with a survey that asks for all that demographic information and also your medical history, so that they can use this data in a lot of different ways. When the tests get sent back, they become anonymous, so it won't show like, oh, these guys that play for this team 
are positive or no one on this team is positive. This is not this has no effect on getting baseball happening again soon. That's not what it's for. So is it anonymous by player or anonymous by team? Like, do we not even know, you know, this many people per team have? It's anonymous by individual. So some teams asked um, all the players if they wanted to do it. And some teams did not. But the idea is you're getting a range of people that are associated with each of these 27 franchises. They haven't made public who's in and who's not in. It's that anonymous. So we don't know who the three missing franchises are. Right. So we did see a a little leak thing in in a Washington Post article. So the Nats are in. So yay for the Nationals. But there's no, you know, they're not publishing any lists because they do want this to be anonymous and they do Mm -hmm. want this to be very widespread. They're also testing um, volunteers in two counties in California that are under stay-at-home orders, so they can do some location-based things as well as, you know, this whole widespread thing. Um, this is really just to figure out health policy and next steps. It only shows the extent of the spread of the virus. And again, because there's not widespread diagnostic testing, we don't know what that is. But this antibody testing can show us how long has this been around and how many people have actually already been through this. Um, The built-in structure of going through teams and having stadium staff and all of that really allowed them to do fast turnaround instead of figuring out how are we going to get 10,000 people across all these demographics. Boom, they had it right away. I think the tests are already in, the results are already in, the um, the lead researcher is writing it up, and he's hoping to have a peer-reviewed report out next week. That's like, so cool. Like, super fast. This is something that would normally take years to develop to figure out, like, who all the volunteers should be and all mm-hmm. of this stuff, and they turned it around in weeks. So Major League Baseball and the people who work for it may actually help on deciding next public health steps to be taken in the pandemic, which is really super cool. That is some super good news. And on a related note um, – the country's favorite doctor, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the one who's trying very hard not to be fired by the president for like correcting him when he says oh, the wrong things. Please. Turns out he's pro biobubble. I am surprised by this. So this is flashback to last week when you were talking about the biobubble, right? Right. So these biobubbles are the idea of pro sports playing in front of empty stands and having the players and all their support staff kind of be, being sequestered from everybody else so that, that they are hmm. sort of protected from uh, – spreading the virus or contracting the virus and still being able to have sports. He was on an interview on Snapchat. He's getting around. This is already making me suspicious because Uh he's older than I am. And what's he doing on Snapchat? Come on now. (laughs) But anyway, he does say he's saying yes to the idea of pro sports returning this summer if very strict guidelines are followed. No fans in person, for sure. Controllable housing. He calls it very well surveilled housing, like nobody puncturing that bubble, right? Regular testing, like once a week testing for everybody involved. And he said, then go ahead and play out the season. And I, I am a little speechless after I used all those words to describe this. I'm a little speechless. Like, really? You're the one who's been, you know, promoting caution and slow down and let's really be careful. And you're saying, it could work. How big of a baseball fan is he? Like, do we know anything about his baseball leanings? Does he understand what goes into this? Well, he's saying yes to pro sports in general. He wow. could, it could be so anything. Any it could sport. be, remember okay. those 13, 13 leagues that met with the president? I can't even name what right. all those sports are. Yeah, I think he's thinking any sports as long as you can control the environment and test repeatedly. And I think we should start with something like darts. 
or I don't know, shot put. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't. There's got to be some shot safer put. sports out there. Power Track to you, Anthony field. Fauci. <laughs> Yikes! How about some fake sports? There, yeah, there are fake sports abounding. This has been one part of my homework from last week. I said that I was going to look into MLB The Show. So that's what's going on in video game land with each team has picked one dude to represent them and they're playing each other in baseball. And it's it's pretty entertaining. My problem with my little old lady eyes is that the, the guy who's playing is in a little square up in the corner and it's really hard for me to see their expressions and their actions unless they're doing like tumbles like Fernando. Tatis Jr. has been doing. So I picked um, Juan Soto to take it all, thinking like we were talking about last week, like the young guys have an advantage with this, right? He's young. He seems like a gamer. So I sat down the first night like to watch him. I was so excited. And two games in a row, he gave up a walk-off home run. And, and in both games, he was leading one to nothing until the third inning, which they only play three innings. And then it was just you know, shock, disbelief. Um, last night, however, which which I missed because we're on our happy hour, but he hit an inside the park home run, which I don't know what that counts on MLB The Show versus reality, but it sounds impressive to me against uh, Brett Phillip from the Royals. And he went three and one last night. So maybe Soto can make it to the finals, to the playoffs. I'm hoping what's going to happen is each one of them. So there's 30 guys. They're going to play everybody else until sometime in the next couple of weeks. And then there's going to be a postseason. The top eight will make the postseason. They're going to play two rounds of postseason with the best of three. And then there will be a one-on-one championship, the best of five. Sounds like this is going to take a while. The The tiebreaker situation amused me. If there's a tie when, when they're making these determinations for getting to the postseason, it's going to first be broken by most runs scored. And if that's still tied, then they're going to go to fewest runs allowed. And if that's still tied, then it goes to a coin flip. So, you know, that you do with what how- you can. I think that's how travel softball works for tiebreakers, actually. I do. Really? I, I think that that's where they got that. Pretty darn sure. That would and be cool I, for MLB to get something from travel softball. I I just want to thank you for not pressing me on picking somebody to like, <laughs> you know, to, to follow because I just don't care. I, you know, it's so funny. It's like, wow, this MLB, the show, I am so far away from video games and this I'm like, nope. But nope. the thing about it is, okay, I'm going to try to bring you over to the dark side because the thing about it is it's what we like about these guys, which is showing their personality because they're chilling and joking around, you know, like sort of like watching the Nats on that big Zoom thing when they were reacting to watching the the World Series game. Super fun just to see them hanging out. So that's kind of what happens in this the show thing. And they're kind of talking baseball, but they're also kind of clueless. Like watching, um, uh, what's his name, May at the beginning, he was like, how does this thing work? You know, just trying to figure it out. And and assuming, like when you see a play that should be made, assuming it's going to happen, like, oh, that's an easy pop-up. My guy's going to get it. Wait, why didn't my guy get it? Wait, why isn't my guy running? Like there's so many controls. So th- that part, I don't know. It's just kind of amusing to see to see them hanging out and, and talking. And you can, you know, chat in with them on Twitch for what that's worth. I haven't quite gotten to the advanced Twitch abilities yet. So the whole sentence, you can chat in with them on Twitch, <laughs> being said to me is 
freaking hilarious. It is pretty funny. Well, what's <laughs> totally confused me is their nicknames. So they have one set of nicknames on MLB The Show because I was trying to add them all on Twitch. I am such a new Twitcher. I don't understand Twitching very much. I mean, to me, Twitching is what happens when you're really nervous. But no, I was trying to Twitch. I was trying to find them all so that I could get alerts when they were playing. And their nickname in the MLB The Show thing is not necessarily their nickname on Twitch. And they don't necessarily have their names as their nicknames. Like like uh, Blake Snell is classically famous. Took me a while to find him. I wanted to find him, though, because he's, he's apparently raking this because he's very experienced. Um, he and Joey Gallo are tied for first. Gallo actually wins out on the percentages, but he's played fewer games. So we'll see. But the two of them are being... Uh, talked about as like the guys to beat. They're obviously people who have been playing this for a while and know what they're doing. And then tied for third, it gets interesting. There's, I think, four of them. I got to count. One is Tatis Jr., who had a slow start. But last night while we were in the happy hour, I was actually watching out of the corner of my eye because he's just so amazing. I just adore him. And he went 4-0 and last night, including beating Blake Snell. Um, and Cole Tucker, who I'm going to give extra points just for the hair. He wins the hair situation. You've got to look him up, Patty. You're going to – Cole Tucker of the Pirates. Um, Erod, the, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez from the, the Red Sox, obviously has no clue what he's doing. He's pretty much rock bottom. And he uh, – Tatis Jr. got seven runs in one inning against Matt Carpenter of the Cardinals. Hey, um, that's my boyfriend you're talking about. Oh, sorry about that. But another boyfriend of yours is doing really well. Boba Fett. Boba Shett is, is very possible going to take over. Like I think he's moving on up. He's one of the tied, as is Gavin Lux from the Dodgers. No big surprise. He's a super young and rookie. And Dwight Smith Jr. of the O's, who I do not know anything about, but uh-uh. I think I need to look into. Just a couple other notables. Jeff McNeil is right under there. He's my baseball boyfriend from the Mets, and apparently he's getting a lot of cred because his dog is hanging out with him. So that's yeah. Show, show your kid that one. And uh, yeah, and Reese Cos- Hoskins, your guy from the Phillies, is also doing well. Yeah, I think you know if pressed, I would go with with Boba Fett for sure. And I did just look up Cole Tucker's hair, and yeah, there's flow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Although, although uh, Boba Fett's a nickname, which I didn't write down here, I think it's Bo Flows. I'm pretty sure. Oh, so totally. you get you got to okay. go with him. You got to go. I'm can we not do this? Gonna watch. Still not gonna watch. I, I but... can report for you. I think oh, I'm stuck you. with Soto, so to speak. I mean, not stuck with. I adore Juan Soto, but I'm gonna <laughs> stick with him, even though like that Tatis Junior energy is is incredible. So cool. They, I hope they both make the playoffs. I hope Bo makes the playoffs. It'll be fun. There's actually more fake baseball that's starting this week. Um, This episode will drop on Tuesday, the night before, Monday night. There's this whole dream bracket thing. More fake baseball. Here's what's happening there. So DraftKings, the fantasy baseball uh, company, and Out of the Park Sports, which does sports simulations. They churn all the stats and figure out what would happen if this person was up against that person and this team against that team, have created the dream bracket. They have made 30 MLB teams from the greatest players ever at each position for that franchise. And interestingly, if a player, if an individual has played for several teams and is still the best on in that position for each of those teams, they will show up in each of those rosters. So, so they're playing against themselves? They could. <laughs> That's they so cool. Could. But like, 
that, you know, you'll have Randy Johnson against Babe Ruth, for instance. That's one of the matchups that MLB cited that's going to be possibly on the open on the opening day of the bracket. But in addition to these 30 teams, there is one Negro League all-star team. And the one that I'm most looking forward to um, hearing the reports from, because, you know, I'm not going to watch this either, is there's one team made up of the current guys of the 25 and under club. So that a bunch fun. of our boyfriends, a bunch of our favorite players are going to be as playing together on one team, but in the sports simulation. So I, I think they're going to they're going to be broadcasting these on Twitch and also on MLB.com. And I think they're actually going to have sportscasters calling some of these games to make it even more like actual baseball, even though it's not. So it could be fun. I will watch for you then. If they if we have people calling it, I'm gonna at least check out the lineups. I'm fascinated by that. Right after this, I'm gonna check your check your link and see what's up with that. But I would watch that. It's it's I, I can't I don't know what it's gonna look like to watch that because if it's just churning stats out, are they just gonna say, oh, this would have happened and that would have happened? So I, I don't know, but we'll find out. You can report back to the class, and I would appreciate that. And it depends on the commenter, commentator, commentator, right? Yes. Is that the word? Yes. Okay. I, I'm That's about it. to open my second beer, but comment. It depends on who that is. Could be good. I want to um, shout out an actual boyfriend doing actual things. Uh, Pete Alonzo, my Mets boyfriend, is totally winning the pandemic. Um, he made a guest appearance in a geometry class for Jericho High School. Did you oh, that's see this so clip? Cool. No. So apparently, the teacher I think made a donation to one of Alonzo's like charities or fundraising things, and so that's how they hooked up. And Alonzo agreed to give the introduction to this particular lesson in geometry and he was hilariously terrible because he's not a math guy and he's saying things like oh if you're not going to be an engineer you'll never need this and i can just <laughs> see the teacher going no no yeah, right. but he was he was really funny but he was doing this stay in school work hard you're doing your best we're all doing your, and it was very sweet and my favorite part was his sign off was lfgm to a high school class. I which love that. Super happy. But that was the most recent thing. But a couple of weeks ago, which we never talked about, he um, he called into an a elderly fan, like a, lo- a lifelong Mets fan with cancer who obviously wasn't getting out of her house and this and she needed to be cheered up. And so her kids kind of arranged for people who were Mets fans to maybe like send her greetings and got to Pete and Pete called her and had like a little video moment with her. And he also recorded videos that the personal videos that were sent to doctors and nurses around New York City who are fighting the pandemic. So he's really like showing heartfelt support. And his general messaging to the world is very much baseball can wait. You know, be Good. careful. Good. Stay home. You know, do the things you're supposed to do. We're in this together. Not, you know, this is all stupid and I wish we could play. He's really, he's like, we're doing our best, you know, hang in there, do the right things, be good. We'll be back later. That is so, and so cool. And just real quick for anybody who might be listening to us for the first time, welcome. We have baseball boyfriends, which means that me and Patty have picked one guy per team because they're cool. And Patty picked Pete Alonso. And obviously, you did a really good job there. I mean, we're picking these guys not just because of their skills, but because there's something good about them as a person, something that makes us want to hang out with them. And he has just checked all those boxes. So my question to you, though, is who can I get for my class? Like, I'm inspired. If he, if Pete Alonso got in on a high school class, I'm doing high school Zooming every week. Who can I get? You what need you somebody think? bilingual. Yeah, I do. Hey, maybe I should hit Maybe your Juan. boyfriend. Yeah. I think Juan. All right. It's time. It's I, time to send a message. 
I think you should. I think that would be great. You know, so one of my favorite things about Potty Mouth is she sends me texts and says things like, your monkeys are raking. <laughs> and as a sentence out of context, that's hilarious. But I knew exactly what she meant. Please tell us about my monkeys that are raking. The, the monkeys just keep cracking me up. There are so many monkey phrases that I am so tempted to. I'm going to be texting you more about the monkeys. The monkeys are in Taiwan. We're watching baseball in Taiwan because it's pretty much the only game in, ta- in town. Short tangent here before I say this. Nicaragua started playing. That is bad. Do not watch Nicaraguan baseball. Nicaragua is the one country in Central America that is not keeping its people safe. Guatemala locked down, El Salvador locked down, Honduras has even put in measures, and Nicaragua is in denial, and they're having people play baseball. So Are they playing in front of fans? Yes, they're having normal oh, baseball games. Do not watch it. I mean, I saw a couple people posting about it today. Don't do that. We do not want to condone that. We do, however, want to watch baseball in Taiwan because it is so entertaining. It's for your morning thing. You just get up at 6.30 in the morning, turn on the, the feed in English on Twitter, and it's super fun. So your monkeys, Rakuten monkeys, are 5-0. and oh. They are yeah, leading they are. the league. There are four of them. And we hear the most about them because they're the ones with the English announcers who are streaming every morning. So whoever they're playing gets my attention because that's the stream that I understand. I did try a couple of the um, the Taiwanese streams and it, it's it's fun to watch the English, especially because the two announcers are hysterical. Uh, Richard Wang is, uh, I believe he's Taiwanese and he works for Fox Sports in Taiwan. And the other guy, Wayne Scott McNeil, is Canadian from a place called Glace Bay and apparently has been living in Taiwan for quite a while. They're awesome. I think they're better than ESPN, honestly. To give you a feel for this, dear listeners, yeah. can you imagine if Patty and the Potty Mouth called a game? That's <laughs> kind of the vibe. It's really excitable. It's really close to bright. Yeah, they're happy. It's fun. <laughs> Sometimes they have so freaking endearing. They're so endearing. They're having a great time. I'm like, yep, yeah, this would be us if we were calling a game for sure. And all of a sudden, their audience has grown exponentially. They've got millions of people watching them for the first time ever. So they're super, I mean, some of, they have like 300 followers on Twitter each. These people have not been in the spotlight. And now they are. There were 4,000 people watching when, when you said, hey, your monkeys are raking. And I checked in. There were 4,000 of us watching on Twitter. I, and you know, most of them were not in Taiwan. <laughs> Totally going up there. So your monkeys are raking. This, the second team is the Fubon Guardians, who are two and three. The China Pr- Trust Brothers are two and four. And the team that I picked, the Uni Lions, which I will go into in a minute about why maybe that wasn't the best idea. They are also two and four. But it's early. It's early. So I have to hang with the Lions. I picked them officially on this show last week because um, – the the nephew of Ron Renicky, and I think I said his first name wrong last time, so apologies to any Red Sox fans who might have been offended. The manager of the Red Sox, his nephew Josh, is playing on the Lions. What I did not know last week when I talked about Josh is that he is married to Ian Desmond's sister, Nuh-uh. which is just weird. So there are coincidences out there in baseball world. If you have not tuned in to this Taiwan feed, please do. The ambiance is hysterical. There are cardboard cutouts in the stands. They have expressions. They have masks also. Some have masks and some have expressions. Yeah. 
it's weird that it's inconsistent. Like some of the giant cutout heads have masks and some are just like smiling at you. Well, that kind of goes with the inconsistency of the actual people there. They also have mannequins, some mannequins, and some of them have masks and some don't. Now, I asked somebody on Twitter, like, what's the deal with the masks? Because it seemed like some people there had masks. Very notably, the one male cheerleader had a mask and the females didn't. And so Girls one have cooties. Yeah, well, the person who responded for some reason said that the the um, cheer girls and the players don't have to wear masks, but everybody else does. So I don't know why the cheer girls and not the cheer boy. I don't get that. Isn't that weird? I, yeah, yeah. I I got nothing. Yeah, I, it was stunning. And I I noted to you, hey, you know, there was a great play, and then everybody in the dugout was like elbow bumping, like, oh, it's awesome. They're you know they're close together, but at least they're elbow bumping. And then like seconds later, people are high fiving in the other dugout, yeah. and then. And then alternating, like, an elbow bump and a high five, the same player. Well, like, oh, God. It got even – so today's game, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a downright kerfuffle. Did you see the kerfuffle? I saw your post of the kerfuffle. I didn't actually see it happen live. There was a fascinating kerfuffle, and apparently this does not happen much in Taiwan. In fact, they were uh, tweeting the last major kerfuffle was in 1999. So they don't have benches clearing kerfuffles very often. And when they do, they don't come to much. Basically, the, the benches cleared and they all got up and stood next to each other. What happened was the Guardians, they are mighty spiffy. They have blue uniforms. Some of them have blue gloves. And some of them have shiny blue bats. I saw that guy. That was really fancy. Yeah. Well, apparently the monkeys weren't so keen on the blue bats. They thought something was wrong with it. So they asked for an equipment inspection, an equipment examination, whatever. They examined the bat. They said there was nothing wrong with the bat. But apparently the pitcher, um, Henry Sosa, who was of the Guardians, was unhappy about the equipment inspection. I don't understand why. So he's pitching inside to the batter. It's very apparent that he's pitching. He pitched three balls inside. And then announcers, being the nice guys that they are, were like, huh, he's missing the zone. Like, gee, he's having problems. I mean, it was really apparent. And then he finally drills the guy in the butt. And then they sort of had to say, oh, I guess he really was going for him inside. Like, they were giving him the benefit of the doubt to the last minute. I retract my statement earlier. If we were calling that game, we would have been all over that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, he, and apparently the, the catcher's chirping the whole time, too. Um, so Henry Sosa, who's one of the, the um, foreign players, which is another thing that I'll explain in just a minute, drills Kuo Yen Wen, Wen, Yen Wen batting. Oh, my, my Taiwanese pronunciation, not so good. And the bench is cleared, and they all got out and stood against each other for a minute and then went back to their dugout. So it was very much a kerfuffle, definitely not a brawl, but it was it was a thing. It was definitely a thing. Um, and that but thing about foreign players, I found out today that each team is allowed four, four foreign players. And one reason why my Lions are being um, sort of trash-talked, shall we say, is they only took three. And apparently that's strategically stupid, that you really should take the corn <laughs> players that you can get. And, they, and they, their comment is that they're doing the homegrown thing and they're, you know, working up their farm. But go figure. Uh, so that's, that's a sad thing. Two more highlights I just wanted to mention. One is this foreign – one of the foreign players um, for 
the monkeys, Lisalberto Bonilla, who is Dominican, and he's a great example of where the foreign players come from. And what I really think is when somebody really wants to play baseball and they go all the way to Taiwan to keep playing baseball, like this is in this guy's blood. He has played for two Dominican teams. There's Estrellas Orientales and the Tigres de Licey. He's played for one Mexican team, the Tigres de Quintana Roo. He's played for a Korean team, the Samsung Lions. He's played for the Rangers and for Cleveland, and for a mess of minor league teams. I could not list them all. He originally signed with the Phillies in 08. And what I really love about him is he does a Fernando Rodney cap. So oh, I was, a jaunty angle? Yeah, he's got a jaunty angle. So Jeez. I was totally backing that up. So it's, I just think it's really cool to see somebody wanting to play that much that they're willing to literally travel the world just to play baseball and hang out in Taiwan. Uh, another example of a fascinating player there is Hu Chin Lung, who's a shortstop for the Guardians, and he's 36 years old, and he got his thousandth, thousandth career hit. So to be able to be watching the, guy, the game when that guy did it, and he also played in MLB. He played for the Dodgers, he played for Mets, and he played for Cleveland, mostly in the wine, minors. I didn't know that um, only five Taiwanese have been in Major League. Uh, and or actually before him. He was the fifth. I don't know how many since then. Uh, he was the first infielder. And his name is Hu Chin Lung. And one thing for everybody to notice when you're watching these games is the or- order of their names is different than what we're cu- customarily used to. So their last name comes first. So Hu is actually his last name, even though it's Hu Chin Lung, which means Hu was on the back of his jersey, which is the famous meme that I know you've seen Who's on first? Who's on first? Yep, that's him. That's the one. Oh, that's excellent. I actually saw that thousandth hit, and I had so much fun with the commentators about that because, like, oh, it's going to happen right now. Uh, okay, yeah. maybe the next pitch. Now it's going to. Uh, okay, the next. Oh, there it is. Okay, good. Yay, we're here. History being made. I and and it that. happened. So yeah, it's cool to watch stuff like that. And I have good news for you. Korea is about news. to start playing in the same situation. ESPN, unfortunately, is trying to get in on that. I was hoping that more homegrown announcers in English would be a good thing. We'll see what happens. The cool thing about Korean baseball is they encourage bat flips. So I'm, Oh, that's going to be fun. I'm totally into paying attention there. So there are 10 teams. We have to pick now. Are you ready? Because they start right now. Well, preseason starts April 21st. Okay. And then games are early May. So I figure we might as well pick now. Um, All right. I'll just go. I did, I did okay with the monkeys, so go ahead. All right. So there's the Doosan Bears. They've won six championships, just so you know. The Kiwoom Heroes. The SK Wyverns. I have no idea what a Wyvern is. They've had four championships. The LG Twins, who have two had two championships. The NC Dinos. The KT Wiz. The Kia Tigers, who seem to be the front runners with 11 championships. The Samsung Lions uh, of uh, that we talked about just right above, who Bonilla played for. And Hanwha Eagles with one championship and the Lottie Giants with two. So we've got Bears, Heroes, Wyverns, Twins, Dinos, Wiz, Tigers, Lions, Eagles, and Giants. What do you think? Do I get to go first this time? Sure, sure. Um, 
wyverns are actually dragons. I would like them, please. Oh, wow. You totally deserve that for, for understanding the name. <laughs> um, even though they've had zero championships and I know nothing about them, I feel like I have to go for the dinos because I want a hat or something. Yeah. Sure. So that's it. Sure. Japan uh, might happen in June, but until then, we're watching Taiwan and Korea. And I'm opening a beer before you talk. Oh, you know what? I'm just finishing my beer, which is bad planning on my part. But let me go ahead and and, and down Oops. this, and then I'll tell you about the ripple effect. Oh, I full full faux pas. I just sprayed my microphone, and I don't have a napkin. But oh well, it's all right. It's all good. Are you just gonna go for it? Yeah, I'm just pouring my beer. Oh, that sounds nice. I like that sound. Okay, so um, speaking of ripples, <laughs> <laughs> because there is going to be a short if any baseball season and because already MLB has said the draft this year is only going to be five rounds instead of 40 there is an effect that reaches out especially into college but also of course to prospects and I want to talk about that because it's really kind of a big honking deal this is heartbreaking I want to talk this is a huge honking deal okay so five rounds instead of 40 rounds all those guys who don't get picked have to go somewhere, and a lot of those guys are either were planning on going to college or were already in college and were planning on leaving to go to the major league. So college, right? This is all about college right now. I bet, Patty Math, you know the answer to this question. There's a quote that says, the biggest threat to college baseball is no college football season. Do you know why? Uh, no, I'm told, no, I don't know why, or at least I'm just frozen right now. I'll probably as soon go, as Duh. I tell you, you will smack your forehead okay. because college football brings in all the money. Oh, that and it makes pays sense for all the other sports. Wow! So, for instance, the University of Michigan's football program brings in a hundred million dollars. Holy shit! Every year, if football doesn't happen on college campuses this fall, it has a ripple effect over all the sports at again at the university of michigan eight million dollars of that hundred million dollars underwrites the baseball program right no football no income very little in the way of sports so that's put that over there on the side because like right now okay how are we going to pay for the sports we could have football we might not have football but whatever it's gonna that's that's one problem so you know put a pin in that one NCAA has already said that players can have an extra year of eligibility. So all these players in the spring and for the spring sports, right? Because the fall sports happened, but okay. the, you know the the spring sports did not happen or they got cut off early. So all of those seniors um, who were playing spring sports, actually, I guess everybody gets one more year tacked on to being eligible to play college ball. So what does that do? That increases the number of guys who want to stay on that team or have to stay on that team, right? All those seniors aren't going somewhere else. All those juniors aren't getting drafted. They all want to be on that team. So there's a very limited amount of scholarships to go around, right? In addition to the threat of no football underwriting all of this, um, you and I, as parents of college students, um, know that well, actually, this, this probably didn't happen to you because your kid is still in, in a college dorm. Mine yeah. had to come home. So there's, you know, there's refunds happening for a lot of colleges that had to close down all the way of on the balance of room and board. So colleges are giving up money that they would have been able to hang on to and earn interest on to pay for things. So less money in the college world altogether. 
And how are you going to, NCAA is probably going to expand rosters so you can keep a couple of extra guys, but balancing this financially, roster wise, facilities wise, all of this is going to be a nightmare for colleges. A lot of these guys who didn't get to play this summer are trying to get into these summer leagues like the Cape Cod league that we talk about all the time. Cause it's a, it's a most famous one. And a lot of guys go through there that make it to the majors. Our local one is the Cal Ripken um, collegiate wooden bat league. The, the, all those leagues are getting a bunch of phone calls from guys who didn't initially want to play over the summer, but now this is their only way really to get noticed and also to stay in shape. So now those leagues, if they happen, and there's been no official call on them because they start in June usually. So I don't think they have to make a call yet. But yeah, that's still a whole other deal. I don't think they're going to happen. Probably not. But oh, that's I, there's so sad. No, yeah. Right? No official word made. So that's these guys are trying to play. So and what about the prospects, right? Um, my guy, Adley Rutschman, the number one draft pick this past year for, for the Orioles, you know, he played in the minors last year. This would be like the last year probably he'd have to prove himself in the minors before getting a call up, hopefully, because he's like this little superstar catcher. And he's not alone. There's a whole bunch of these guys that need like another season of actual work with the big guys, right, to be ready to get called up. And that's not happening. So how do they get ready for next year if they don't have this year? And some people are talking about maybe having a late summer, early fall sort of um, regional version of like of the minor league experience. Like these, it, it could be in places where there are um, spring training facilities and a, a much small, like several smaller bubbles, not the one big bio bubble we're talking about from MLB, MLB, but like you know, an Arizona, a Florida, a couple other places, smaller bubbles for these prospects so they can get game time, game practice to get in shape for next year. There's even talk about sending the young guys, the under 20 year olds to the Dominican summer league. Hmm. If it's safe. I that's don't a know, big but... question. That's definitely a big question. Cause I know stuff is like picking up in the DR right now because that's where our, our adopt, adopted son, um, Eris Filpo is, and he's, you know, practicing on dirt, diamonds in the middle of nowhere you know not really a much looking at much in that looks like a facility so I think you know what I, what I was thinking while you were talking too is this really screws international players because not having the same minor league access is really cutting down options for them so yeah maybe Dominican summer league Venezuelan league will get bigger but it's it's hard because things are harder there for them, especially than they are here. Yeah, and 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 we know Potty Mouth and I understand that you know sports in this larger context are such a small thing, right. and so you know not nearly as important as the whole big picture. But it is a thing, and there are real repercussions from people who are have these visions and these dreams that they were that close to getting. You know, I'm good at this. I worked hard for this, and now through no fault of my own, it's been being taken away. And it's, it is, it's heartbreaking. And even in this like small little microcosm of the world. Absolutely. Wow. I really brought us down. Tell us more about the monkeys. Uh, well, let's watch monkeys in the morning. Shit. No. So, so we're, we're taping monkeys on in the morning, monkeys in the morning. <laughs> so actually what my angst does not, is not going to affect you, d dear listener. The monkeys have Monday off. So right now it's Sunday for us. So tomorrow morning, no monkeys for me. 
But you might be listening to this on Tuesday, in which case, barrel of monkeys for you this week. Just wake up early. It starts at 6.30. Sometimes it'll go, you know, it's baseball. It's going to go at least till 9.30, maybe 10. Eastern Standard Time. You folks on the West Coast, eh, just have a late party night or something. I don't know. <laughs> My One more thing about the monkeys. They have two um, mascots yes. you know, with their cheer team. And what I like about them is one is like shiny, happy, kid-friendly monkey. And the other one is total intimidation monkey. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And they're standing side by side. And yeah. that makes me very happy. Yeah. The, the hey. one team that I haven't been seeing much of the brothers apparently have an elephant who's been doing various interesting acrobatics in the, in the stands. So I, I definitely have to watch more Taiwanese baseball. That's for sure. If you're not watching Taiwanese baseball, you might be watching uh, old games from MLB, which is what I'm doing. Hey, I'm doing homework. I've been scoring the playoffs. I got my my scorecard, and I'm already into game four of the NLDS because I can't stop watching actual baseball, even though I know how it ends. And it's weird how worked up I get, even though I know the Nationals win the World Series. I still get very upset when things don't go our way. Yeah, I can totally relate. And this is a, you know, we talked about this last week. This is a thing to do to make you feel better to watch the game that you know is going to come out okay. And Mr. Pottymouth and I were watching the 1975 Game 6 of the World Series, which is the one that went in the Red Sox favor. There's no way in hell I would watch Game 7, but was cracking me up. I mean, first, the 70s uniforms. I would like to see those be brought back. But also the sort of... Uh, 1970s, 1980s video game type on the bottom when it was like the count, like how many strikes and balls. It's like if people would look at that t- from today, it would be like, why does it look like that? It's the print. Is it like is bubble font? It's just, it's your typical what you saw on your computer screen when, when we saw on our computer screens when we were in high school. Like oh, that so kind of font. Old. Yeah. I will, I'll it's take a picture. It's adorable that you think I had computers when I was in high school. <laughs> I do not. All right. Well, they were mine were pretty rudimentary. I mean, we had a computer room that was like a room size of boxes that would, you know, it's not even powerful enough that for our phone these days. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so old. Thank you for all right, that. All right. All right. And <laughs> moving forward, you're scoring. I'm scoring. I'm having a good time with that. I'm also, you know, doing my pay job and taking walks during the day and playing very competitive crazy eights with my kid i love a game seven and when our best of seven goes to game seven we're both pretty excited about it boy have we lowered the bar in between watching the monkeys and scoring old historic games you could be finding us on social media potty mouth can you help with that yeah, find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast or on Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. <laughs> send us, send us an email at ncibpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review or a rating if you can. Listen to some past epi- episodes. Tell your friends about us. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. <laughs>